Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Uh, I, I say this sometimes. It's like the mound scene in Bull Durham. We got a lot going on here. Uh, candlesticks <laughs> make a great gift. Oh, there's a lot going on here. Lucas is like, I've never seen Bull. Have you ever seen Bull Durham? Nope. I've got nothing on that one. Okay, you're dead to me. <laughs> I, there have been times where I've felt like you were a son to me. I've never felt less. You've never mattered less to me than you I'm do. I'm so sorry. I, I truly have I've never seen it. I mean, you're young. You stay up late. It's never been on TNT or anything that you've when, when I was a kid staying up late, George Lopez was what was on TV. No, it wasn't. Everything was on. You get like 178 channels with basic cable. What are we doing? Well, you got to have Netflix. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Blaine said you got to get Netflix. I, I don't even know if it's on Netflix, but it's everywhere. YouTube. Just go home and uh, do you get any type of cable or any type of satellite TV service? YouTube TV. Okay. I don't even know what's on YouTube TV, but just go home and search yeah, that and watch I it do. and then come back to me with a full report. Okay? I'll do my research. Come on, man. Yeah. Wow. What a terrible start to the show. I'm fired up. It's signing day. Uh, there's, you know, good news for Titans fans. Bud Dupree is in the window. By the way, can we have the return window sound effect? Bud Dupree is in the window. That's <laughs> what, that, down there. That's what that means. Thank you. Uh, he's in the designated for return from injured reserve list. He can practice. So everybody's going to be watching the practice report today. See about Uncle Bud. Oh, all the videos are out like vultures, I'm sure. Oh, we got to get Bud Dupree. Oh, we'll be watching those with you in a commercial break. I did have a abductus lungus injury, which is abdomen-like, uh, which led up to the abdomen. Well, the abductus lungus bone is connected to the abdomen bone. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. It is. Man, you know, you're wow. We're very scientific on yeah, this show. Yeah, so that that's going to be interesting, boy. It, it sure lasted for me for about three weeks and then snap, crackle, pop right in the playoffs. No can do you like running in quicksand. <laughs> Those core muscle injuries are serious stuff, man. You never played again after that, right? No. No, I had surgery and I'm, I was done. It was it. They say if he's running as slow as he is right here, he's too slow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, again, I, I know it's signing day. Ryan Callahan oh, is going to join us in just a minute. Oh, Today is an anniversary, though. 25 years since something happened. Do you know what that is? 25 years. It's been 25 years to this day that something happened and you did it. Oh, I did it? Yeah, you were there. Oh, okay. Uh, we, we moved here. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. it was the last game ever in the Astrodome. It was 25 years ago. To, oh. oh, okay. Today. Okay. Yeah. Who did we play? Oh. Oh, you don't know? No, I don't know. I A Houston Chronicle reporter I don't know, that and earlier. I'm asking you because I don't know. <laughs> it was like 5,000 fans there. I don't even know the number, but it was a low, low number. It was like, hello, 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 hello. You were there. Hello. Did you think, gosh, what's Nashville going to be like? I wonder if I like it. Mm-mm. First thing I thought was, ooh, I'm closer to home. <laughs> you <laughs> are the, closer to home? Yeah, that's what I was like, oh, man, that's driving distance, man. So, yeah, that's all I was thinking about. Uh, so, that, yeah, so that everything else fell into place. I sure did. Uh, and here we are 25 years uh, later. Titans getting ready to take on the Steelers, who were a hated rival then. I still think it's a hated rival uh Although it's a lot of Steeler fans everywhere you go, oh, no, everywhere. They, oh, they definitely, they definitely got their following. That's for sure. Part of that is people our age. If you grew up in the seventies and you had no team in your area, you got the Steelers and the Cowboys on TV. They just force fed you that. Ryan Callahan joins us now from Twenty Four Seven Sports. Oh, Did you grow up as a Steelers or Cowboys fan, Ryan? Just because they were always on TV. I say that knowing you're younger than I am. Man, you know what? Well, yeah, I guess that wasn't as big of an issue, maybe for for my generation. No, you're older. But, than but us. Yeah, 
No, hey, we we still, uh, yeah, you had to go with the regional games, right? I grew up there in Middle Tennessee, so yeah, the Cowboys were on a lot, 49ers, you know, that it was back during their uh, their heyday, I guess. But I, for a little while, I was a Cowboys fan. Not not gonna lie, I, I did I did kind of grow up at that prime time for the Aikman, Emmett, Irvin teams, you know. So oh I man, I knew, yeah, I knew oh, it. Man. Everybody hey. succumbed to that. Did it? Cowboys. <laughs> It, oh, I, I was hey, a Cowboys look, fan too, to be honest. Into into it was before I got in the, the Titans. It was before the Titans. It was yes, the Titans it got here. It all changed, but you know, back then we didn't have a team, so yeah, they broke you. They broke Ryan Callahan. He rooted for the <laughs> Evil Empire. Uh, this <laughs> is his busiest Empire. day of the year. It's a Super Bowl. It's uh, it's yeah. go time. Ryan Callahan at Ryan Callahan two four seven twenty four seven Sports. So the Vols, last I checked, up to number sixteen in the twenty four seven rankings. Uh, we can get into what's already happened, but. It, are they waiting on anything else? Who, what are they waiting for at this point at 206 Eastern time where Knoxville is? Come on, drop a bomb on us, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think if there if there is anything else that will happen today, it's it's likely something that would that would qualify as a surprise. It would um there's there's a possibility. Um James Pierce, a four star edge rusher from from Charlotte, North Carolina, has been a pretty big priority target for Tennessee for a while. He's been talking about or it's all it sounded like down the stretch that he would wait until february to sign there's a chance he could go ahead and sign today so we'll have to wait and see if that happens but that that's at least on the table for this afternoon um one of those wait and see things but i do think there's been at least some optimism there that tennessee might be able to talk him into going ahead and signing today as opposed to extending his recruitment into early february Hey, I, tell me about the guy named Squirrel. I, I'm from the country. I like anybody named after an animal. Well, yeah, he, he's uh, he's looking for his nut. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on That's with Squirrel? Uh, Lucas says he's got some great tape we all need to watch. He, he does. He, well, he's he's fast, uh, as the name might suggest. Uh, you know, he he he. That nickname kind of uh, alluded to that uh, being the case, even when he was a kid. Uh, just how quickly and suddenly he moved um, back when he was around his grandmother uh, one time when he was very young. But uh, but he's 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 small and fast. Uh, about a five ten, one hundred fifty five pound receiver. So he's going to need to put on some weight uh, once he gets on campus. But definitely no shortage of speed. Um, that that's what they envision uh, him, him providing. Definitely a slot guy. I think at the next level uh, was was very productive this year on a on a team down in Alabama that uh, that won a state title and, and and had a very very good career, but definitely a good senior season in particular. And uh, and, and yeah, I think that's a nice pickup. Georgia made a, a late run at him, uh, you know, really over the last several weeks, but had him on an official visit last month made things interesting uh, until the end of last week when he finally decided to just shut it down, not take a visit to Auburn last weekend and, and sign with Tennessee. So I, I think that's a nice pickup and uh, give Tennessee credit. Uh, uh, not, not necessarily an under the radar guy that only they were on early, but a, a guy they were on pretty hard early who's, whose stock I think rose throughout the year. And by the time you got to signing day, it looked like a pretty nice pickup. Get nuts here talking about Squirrel with Ryan Callahan of 24-7 Sports. <laughs> By the way, go Vols 247. That's where you go to get all your info today. Well, he's collecting every all day. the today, you know. He but, is. Uh, well, I guess uh, who would you say is the leader, I guess, uh, of this signing in a class? And I don't know if that means they're the highest rated or maybe you're the most intrigued guys. You, you're interested to see how they, they develop in, in, uh, with under the Vols coaching staff. 
Well, I, I think any any signing class, but especially under this coaching staff, I, I think you start with the quarterback position. So one of the guys I'm most intrigued by in this class is Taven Jackson, yeah, uh, top 247 prospect from, from the Indianapolis area, uh, finished his high school career with, with, uh, with back-to-back state titles and uh, has, has played in a run-heavy offense, so he's not really thrown the ball a ton uh, in high school, and so he's a little bit raw coming in. Uh, the good news for Tennessee is, is, is he's an early enrollee, so he'll have a chance to go through spring practice and, and settle in, and, and, and maybe that helps him get up to speed a little bit more his freshman year. But with Hendon Hooker coming back, he shouldn't have to start early in his career or anything like that. And, and maybe a year down the road, he, he's a little a little more prepared. But certainly as impressed some people throughout the year, went to the Elite 11 finals earlier this year and, and really impressed some of our analysts out there with his I, you know, I think upside is the word everybody came away talking. They say, you know, he's not there yet, but you can see the tools are there. He's tall, pretty good athlete, not not a guy who runs a lot right now, but has enough athleticism to make some plays. Just a, a, a lot of things to work with. So I think he's still a develop a, a guy who needs to develop a little bit more, um, but, but a guy that you can definitely see the potential there to be uh, a pretty good quarterback down the road if he continues on that track. So he's, he's one of the higher ranked guys in this class and certainly one that I would start there. And then I, I like Joshua Josephs too, edge rusher from the Atlanta area. I, I think he's certainly got a chance to, to be a, uh, an impact player on defense, maybe not right away because he, he, he's a little bit light and needs to probably add some weight uh, realistically before he's a, a full-time player or anything like that. But I think down the road, he, he, he's got a chance to, to be, a, I think, a pretty good pass rusher at the SEC level. I, I saw him a couple times in person this year and he's quick, great athlete, can do a lot of things. And I think, I think both those guys will be, or at least have a chance to be pretty good players in the SEC. Mm. Well, they changed the fake slide rule so quickly. I mean, I blinked and they changed <laughs> it really the next week. Do you think they'll they'll move this early signing period back uh, to make it a little more convenient uh, for all parties? Yeah, it, it's something they are discussing already, and and I think it is a it's a worthwhile discussion to have because there's no doubt. And I, look, the NCAA had to see this coming. I, I think everyone kind of knew what an early signing period would likely turn into, but their in, original intent was to provide an opportunity for the players who wanted to sign early and just get their recruitments over with. Uh, and obviously from year one, that's not what it's been. It's turned into essentially replacement national signing day. Um, so now this is the main signing day. And I think in year one, it was somewhere around 75% of all players nationally went ahead and signed early. Uh, the last couple of years, it's been somewhere in the 80 to 85 percent range, I believe. So it's a lot of players that, that are signing early and very few who are taking advantage of what we know as National Signing Day. So it, it's changed the game. And, and when you have coaching changes and everything like that, that's being uh, uh, that's kind of throwing a wrench into everyone's stretch run. It makes it hard. You, you see you've seen teams like Oregon you know, getting a coach into place less than a week before signing day. They're, yeah. they're having to scramble to see what they can get. Uh, you know, even teams like Florida that had coaches earlier, still not able to really completely do what they want to do in recruiting down the stretch. So it's just hard. And I think it's something they're, they're, they're they need to discuss and that they are discussing because it is, it is not what they intended it to be. Uh, and I'm not sure what they can do with it though. It's going to be interesting. I, it, it might be a situation where they either keep it or get rid of it, but I'm not sure where you could move it to make it any better. Football's calendar is kind of year round and, a lot of things are stuck in place that make it hard to move it anywhere else. No doubt about it. We're on with uh, Ryan Callahan, Go Vols 247. I guess one more for me. I don't know if he committed today or not. I was just kind of on my watch list because 
I know uh, Tennessee was recruiting. That's that big D. I think it's the D tackle, the Nolan kid that committed a while back to A and M. But uh, has he verbally committed uh, today, or is it still an open window here to recruit him? Well, yeah. So he, he's been uh, Walter Nolan. He, he's been committed to Texas A and M since uh, since early November. He he's set to sign this afternoon. He does have an afternoon signing oh. ceremony uh, at, at last check that. Uh, that national letter of intent had not been submitted. Sometimes when guys have a, an afternoon ceremony, they'll go ahead and sign ahead of time, and the mm-hmm. ceremony is, you know, kind of just for show. I, I don't believe he's done that yet. Um, but but regardless, he he's he does have an afternoon ceremony set. Is expected to sign with the Aggies this afternoon. So I'm sure a lot of people waiting to make sure that happens because his recruitment has been so wild. But um, for the Tennessee fans out there that might be hoping something changes there late because he's in Tennessee's backyard that just have heard nothing so far to suggest that anything will change there. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens this afternoon, but all, by all, uh, all accounts, he's expected to sign with Texas A&M. Do you think a lot of schools are still, you know, holding over Tennessee and just kind of having an edge in recruiting, even though they did a solid job, I, I think, but with the investigation still out there and not knowing the penalty, how much did you think that played a part in, in this recruiting class? You know, I, I don't think that the investigation has really hurt. I think in some ways that's been a little bit overplayed. I, I think okay. the biggest thing that, that hurt Tennessee earlier this year was just the timing of the coaching change, mm. sort of the lack of buzz that there was around the program at the time because of the way last year went, um, the, and, and the extended dead period in recruiting that, that happened after Josh Heupel was or oh, carried no, over through the yet. final uh, or the first month of Josh Heupel's tenure he came in in late January and couldn't meet any prospects face-to-face until June 1st. Um, you can have FaceTime conversations all you want. It's just not the same as meeting people in person. And that, that just set them back. They were building relationships from scratch in most cases. They, they didn't recruit the state of Tennessee a lot at UCF. So they're, they're meeting guys in state and, and in other states around here that they just didn't know, uh, didn't have much of a foundation to, to build from. And so they were just playing catch up a lot and, uh, and, and really behind in terms of just Tennessee being out there in a lot of prospects minds. Um, so I think they did a good job to, to make up some mm-hmm. ground and, yeah. and get some pretty good players in this class. I don't think this is a, a class that uh, is, is going to be seen as like a program changer necessarily, but I do think it gets, gets things going back in the right direction. I think they've, they've salvaged what, what, what could have been a worse situation and made this a pretty good class. Um, honestly, a few months ago, I, I thought Tennessee was going to sign a top 25 class, you know, that they'd be hard pressed to crack the top 20. And here we are wondering if they can get into the top 15 at the end. So mm-hmm. they, they've, they've come a, a lot farther than I thought they would. Um, so I, I don't think the investigation and all that held them back very much. And I think now that they're able to at least go out there and say, we're not going to self-impose a bowl ban. Uh, so, so they're just kind of waiting on the NCAA to, to finalize everything. I think a lot of that's kind of out of out of sight, out of mind for a lot of prospects. I think most of that's kind of behind them. So we'll see now going forward if they can keep building on it. But I think they've at least got things going in the right direction as they're closed this year. Kind of kind of suggests. Yeah, no doubt about it. With twenty two class, uh, uh, but man, twenty twenty three could be really huge in a top ten uh, class. They they have they have some potential for definitely improvement there. I will say the one thing working against them in the twenty twenty three class that is the tough part about this 2022 class for Tennessee is it was a missed opportunity, I think, in state for Tennessee. And, and some of that, again, just came down to the timing. But this is a really, really good in-state class in 2022. And, and 2023, I just don't know that it's going to be quite at that level 
So we'll see what they can get done in state. But that's that's the impressive thing. Tennessee, you know, again, on the verge of it, having a top 15 class, despite currently having two in-state players in the entire class. Um, two is not good enough. They need to do better than that. They certainly needed to do better that better than that in this in-state class. But but next year, you know, probably not quite as many opportunities in state to, uh, to, to do as much of their business in state as they would, would have liked to this year. So we'll see what they can do. But I think certainly they've shown this year that they're uh, that they're on the right track and, and certainly uh, ready to be more of a top 15 recruiting program like we've seen traditionally over the years. And, and we'll see if that can translate to a top 10 class or something like that. Ryan Callahan, our guest from 24-7 Sports. I know you only got a little bit more time, but who was the biggest maybe last-minute addition, Tyree West or Justin Williams? Who's the like the, the guy who's flipped here at the last minute that, that maybe could help the most? Yeah, Ty- Tyree West is the one that definitely made, uh, sent the biggest shockwaves, I think. That was one that, uh, you know, he was a longtime Georgia commitment, uh, committed for more than a year, uh, but one of those situations where it was pretty clear he wasn't signing with Georgia and a few weeks ago, Florida State got a midweek visit from Tyree West. Uh, just everything had pointed to Florida State from that point on being the team to beat. And so Auburn emerged, Tennessee emerged. They were battling for, for late visits. Uh, and, and those visits, you know, Florida State, I think, thought those visits were kind of afterthoughts. You always worry about visits, but I think Florida State thought it was in the bag, basically. And he goes to Tennessee this past weekend. And that last weekend visit was enough for Tennessee to kind of swing it their way. So that, that was a bit of a surprise to a lot of people, certainly at Florida State. Um, they had a couple of unpleasant surprises today, obviously, <laughs> with uh, yeah. losing, uh, losing out on the number one player in the country. Uh, so they, they've, they've had a tough day, but that was a bit of a surprise on, on both sides. I think Tennessee fans pleasantly surprised by Tyree West, and they really needed some defensive line help. Uh, they previously only had one true defensive lineman in this class. So that gives them another one, and, and Tyree West is now the highest-ranked player in Tennessee's class in, in the 24-7 sports composite rankings. Mm. I guess real quick, I, I, I'm, I was in a meeting for a while right before the show for a couple of hours, but did Tillman or Mays uh, decide on what their decision is going to be, or, or did we find out yet? They, they haven't yet. We spoke okay. with Cedric Tillman yesterday, um, and, and he, he hinted that a decision would be announced fairly soon. Uh, most signs, I think, are pointing to him coming back. So I, I think there's a good chance he returns. Cade Mays is the one that's probably a little bit closer to a toss-up right now. And, and I think he uh, admitted that in a radio appearance last night. I think he, he's kind of kind of waffling a little bit because the, the draft projections he has out there are not bad, probably not as good as he would like. But uh, he also you know, still has some unfinished business maybe at Tennessee and, and and might have some NIL opportunities at, at Tennessee coming back as a as a fifth year guy that that weren't there this year potentially. So uh, I think he's got a lot of things to weigh, and, and he's enjoyed playing at Tennessee. But that's the one that probably is the mo- is the biggest one to watch now uh, as far as who will who will stay and who will go. We know Hendon Hooker staying now. Cedric Tillman again, I think leaning towards staying. So so Cade Mays is the one now that uh, if he can come back, that uh, pretty much brings back that offensive line intact as far as we know. And uh, would be a pretty big, uh, a pretty big addition by keeping him around, uh, really, for Tennessee's offensive line. Any any breaking Bronny James recruiting news on the way out? <laughs> you know, no, <laughs> nothing there. But uh, but hey, a good good publicity for Tennessee, right? If nothing else, they're in the discussion for LeBron James's kid. Can't can uh, can't hurt to have that kind of name being associated with your school, right? Well, we know if if anything like that happens, you'll be on top of it. Follow him now at Ryan Callahan twenty four seven. Go Vols twenty four seven, or just anywhere on the. 
24-7 network of sports. Ryan, thanks so much for giving us some time on such a busy day. Appreciate it, Ryan. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Take yes, care. sir. Ryan Callahan. Uh, when we come back, hit the phones. Derek from Smyrna is on the line. You want to talk signing day. You want to talk Titans, the return of Bud Dupree. There's a lot going on. We'll get to it next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. We had a Cowboys fan on the line. I was curious to take that call in like 30 seconds before the break. He dropped. Oh, he dropped? He dropped. It's all right. Call back in. We'll take your call. Mark Spain, Real Estate Hotline, 615-737-1045. At last check, it is National Signing Day. Uh, Vols up to number 16. Ryan Callahan just joined us in 24-7 Sports. He said they had a chance to maybe crack the top 15 uh, so they're up to number 16 now. Vandy up to number 31. So uh, right down the street there, Clark Lee, his first. Oh, that's pretty good, man. His first class up to first class up yeah. to 31. Uh, yeah, there have been there have been some years where they were much further behind that. So typically around the 40 late 40s, 50s, if, and that's a good deal. Yeah. So this is yeah. uh, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, no surprise here, Blaine. Georgia is number Martin one. Simmons. Uh, yeah, uh, you think that guy doesn't know how to recruit? Yeah, Simmons, <laughs> That's his whole world. Coach Lee, yeah, man, they're doing a good job. Yeah, uh, uh, Georgia is number one. They have four five stars and 15 four stars. Alabama, I, Lucas, I know he's following this whole thing. Uh, you know, he's a young guy. They got that recruiting deal down pat. Was A&M second most of today? Because it looks like Georgia just passed him on uh, – Alabama, rather, just passed him on 24 They were. It's it's interesting because A&M, Georgia, and Alabama are all kind of jockeying here. I, any one of them could end up as the top team in the country as far as recruiting today. Ooh, I think A&M's going to get them. I just got to – Alabama can't get first at everything. Come on. <laughs> but they They're good at they basketball. They They're be, good at recruiting. Yeah, they <laughs> they, they got to get second at something, man. Every now and then, man. Somebody got to clip them up, man. Come on, man. Hey, when, when Alabama got basketball, Got good at basketball. I've got some friends who are like oh, SEC man. grads from different schools. They got mad. It's like this is not fair. Alabama cannot be good at it. Lost everything. last night. Oh, yeah. that's right, they did uh, yeah. to Memphis. Yeah, the ugliest basketball court I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, the game was chaotic coming, too. It looked like it was played on it, like in front of a blue screen, I and like that's it, the, just the court they projected. It. I watched part of it. It was on, but I was doing a whole bunch of stuff. I, I know Shackover by by halftime wasn't doing so well. Did he pick it up in the second half? Uh, not enough. Memphis kind of ran away with it. it does oh. make this matchup in Bridgestone Saturday a little more interesting. Mm. Well, yeah, people were throwing Memphis just out the, with the garbage. Well, Penny Hardaway was. Yes, he was. <laughs> He's saying everybody's selfish. Oh, well, it worked. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, it worked. Hey, Penny <laughs> pressing the right buttons over there now. Uh-oh. Uh, so, Uh-oh. So as of right this second, let's synchronize our watches. One, uh, it's one thirty exactly on, this, on, the, on the stadium clock here inside the studio. Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M, then Ohio State, then Texas – then James Franklin, he got him another extension. He's number six. Notre Dame, number seven. But their coach in Louisiana dancing with his family. Uh, North Carolina's number eight. Michigan, nine. Oklahoma, ten. Kentucky is number 11. Ooh. Stoops, baby. Uh, Auburn's number 12. I know they just lost their quarterback. Missouri's number 13. Missouri has the number one wide receiver in the country, Luther Burden, and the number nine quarterback in the country, Sam Horn. 
And Kentucky cleaned up in Nashville. Oh, they got the uh, they got the Keaton, bro. Yeah, Destin and Keaton Wade yeah. and Barry on Brown oh. out of Pearl Cone, who oh. Alabama was gunning oh. for as well. Oh. Hey, my man Drink. Drink was at Arkansas State with me. I, I know that cat. Uh, He's the silent see, assassin. That's where another year Tennessee can't let all those guys get out. No, that all fence, of them can't get fence out. Fence has got to get built now. Yeah, they, they, now all bets are off. Everything's fair and even, uh, you know, with the calendar. So next year, which may be, uh, as Ryan just said, may not be as strong as this year, but you got to yeah, – they, they got to get the majority. I'm not to say you got to get them all, all the elite ones, but they got to get, you know, 70% of them. They, you know, if it's 10, you got to get seven. Yeah. Got to get them. Yeah. But the Drinkwitz thing is crazy because it's not like they had this crazy upward trajectory this past year. <laughs> right. They was middle of the road. What, Kentucky they make a bowl? is – they, they made a bowl game. Yeah. Kentucky at this point is pretty established. Mark Stoops is a great program there, so, so was, I get it. Drinkwitz has been, what, 5-5 five and 6-6? Five and six and six? I think it was 6-6 right? and six this five year. 5-5 and, five and six and 6-6 six, I think is right. Smooth talking devil, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's got a little sense of humor to him too, man. Oh, no, he's funny. Yeah, uh, I did not see this coming, and I've been around him some. Uh, him being like, you know, the funniest guy in the room. Uh, Stanford is fourteen, Florida State fifteen, Tennessee sixteen, right ahead of Clemson at seventeen. Arkansas is eighteen. Indiana, Blaine's home state. University is nineteen, and Michigan 19? State is twenty, ahead of Ole Miss at twenty-one, LSU at twenty-two, and then South Carolina is twenty-three, and then Mississippi State is twenty-four. So there's Ooh. kind of a bunch South of your Carolina got Rattler, man. I mean. And, you know, that coach uh, Beamer recruited him there at Oklahoma, so this could be trouble. They finished 6-6, six and six too. They had a – I mean, they had a nice, strong finish. They were an improved team. I was impressed with them at the end of the season compared to when Tennessee played them early. Man, I, He held he, them together, and yeah. then they got better down the stretch. Yeah, so Rattler could change it, you know – the coin toss is still going to be there between, like, you know, Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina. got to make sure you stay at the top of that tier, and maybe they get a chance to get Florida with a coaching change. Yeah. Uh, but, man, oof, the middle to upper tier, the SEC is tough. Huh. You're trying to get up in that upper tier, boy. Ooh. Well, yeah, good luck. Is everybody at the top? I mean, well, Alabama's not included in this equation. No. Everybody listen. <laughs> A&M needs to win more than eight games, though. Right. It, yeah. Okay, it's time. Yeah. This deal needs to start working yeah, at the yeah. highest level. Yeah. That needs to start working. Mm. How many games they won? Eight. Eight. Well, no. They, yeah, they weren't they? They were eight and four. Didn't they pay? He, he's got a – did he get a $100 million contract? He, he got, like, the first what in the world are we doing contract. I just always feel like A&M. He's, he's underachieved since he's been there. And I say that with a grain of salt because we're expecting 10 or more wins and then in the competition for, you know, the final four and, and eclipping, you know, Bama. His right. best season was a year ago. And they right? haven't they were on the verge of the nine and one. They were ago, that close. Yes. Yeah. So I, I feel that, like he should be steady there every, every year. year. They should. And then I, I think I, I'm like, okay, but he, he hasn't, uh, eh. Comes up a little short. They have unlimited money. Mm. They're one of the schools that has unlimited money. Or he can literally walk down the hall and say, I want an aircraft carrier. And they'd be like, what color and what, you know, where do you want us to park it? They have that kind of money. We were told uh, on a show, Matt Stinchcomb, who's a SEC network guy, mm-hmm. literally said they are building a Death Star down there. This was a couple years ago. Like, he was seeing all these things they were doing, like when they were going on a road game, they were going a day early and having 
just setting up camp wherever they went. And he was talking about just elaborate spending, and they've done great things with the stadium. They're one of the schools that has absolute unlimited money. Oh, unlimited resources. So that that I mean, man, they should be in the hunt. I if I'm sitting there, and I know a lot of people say, "Oh, who can you get better?" You go like, "Hey, man, we're paying him top dollar." And he's just coming up a little short. Uh, I would love to see, and I know he's gotten a lot better, his record compared to Sumlin, percentage-wise. Oh, no, Sumlin's better. I think he's better at this point in time now after these last year or two. But I'd be interested to see where he's at. I know he's Sumlin came up short, too, though, and that's the reason why. But he's like maybe one more win a year than Sumlin. And I go, "Ah, that's still not enough for me to feel, all right, that's the guy. People, he gets over the top. We need to Twitter search that because people put out that graphic every so often, and, and someone has been ahead of him every time on it. Yeah, he's got to pass them this last two years. Ooh, I think. We'll, we'll have to find it. Uh, because I just I know he's a great coach, and you say, well, who can you get better? But, man, I, when you pay him that kind of money, I'm expecting And it's, What is this year going on? Year five? What year is this for him? Four? Five? For Jimbo? Yeah. Yeah, five. He was hired the same year Pruitt was. So that was, so this is year. This he just finished year four. four. So he's going on five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. So you know, with the big pay comes big expectations, and I, I think he's the right guy. I mean, to get him over the hump, but oof, they keep being right outside the window. They haven't won. And they 10. always and they always disappoint in one game right. every year. They you win go, one. What? They're not, they win one. Well, they're, they're not supposed, supposed to. to. Yeah. And then they lose one that you're like, what? what? Yeah, that's that. That kills. They went nine and four, eight and five, nine and one, eight and four. They haven't won ten games yet under him. So what? What? How many wins? Is, what's his? Win that's thirty four and fourteen. He what, is at Texas A and M. Probably uh, right below that. All right, thirty four and fourteen. I'll write that down. Thirty four and fourteen. Man. That sounds really good, man. <laughs> All right, I'm, I got Kevin Selman. He hasn't, right made, he hasn't made any Final Four, no, or anything. No, neither did he got somebody. close last year. Kevin Not real close. Sumlin, who was he? Was fifty-one and twenty-six. Fifty-one. Ooh, Here, ooh. here's his first four years: ooh, ooh. eleven and two, mm. nine and four, eight and five, eight and five. And they got rid of him when he went eight. They did like that's not good enough. Eight was well, he, the next year. He was there one more year. Uh, he was eleven and two, nine and four, eight and five, eight and five, eight and five. Then he went seven and five, and that was it. So oh, he was there six years. So their line is eight, and then you get below eight, they like you got to go. He went seven and five, and that was it. Yeah, okay. But his win percentage fifty one and twenty six. Fifty one and twenty six. That was that was after six years. So we need we'll have to do some math in here yes, with uh, the elevens and the nines and the eights and the eights to see where we wind uh, up. I was just trying to see, man. It's just I feel like he's a just a little bit better than Sumlin. I don't know that for a fact, but I want to look at you know stats. Kind of that's how you gauge how well you're doing. I mean, I just ah, man, that kind of money. I feel like ooh, you just a little bit short of that, but. You know who you gonna get better, right? So what was he? Thir- he was thirty six and sixteen in his first four years. No, oh, I thought you said thirty four and fourteen. No, that's what Kevin Sumlin was. He was thirty six and sixteen. Oh, in the first four years, yeah, yeah. He would have played a couple more games because he had no COVID shortened year. Yeah. Okay. So what was Jimbo? Uh, Jimbo was uh, uh, no Jimbo overall. I'm just doing overall because I want to do percentages, not based off the first four years. I want to do percentages. So you said. Jimbo was 36 and 14, and Sumlin was 51 and 26. His full years there. Yeah. After four, he was 36 and 16. 16. So they were about the same. Yeah. Almost the same. Yeah. After four years. Yeah. Okay. 
So does it wear thin and the pressure get to you, and then all of a sudden you you dip a little bit? They got it. I don't. I don't think someone's on the same plane as Jimbo, but the, the numbers say but they're the, the same. The number, yeah, numbers say the first four years. Yeah, say they're the same guy. That's it. Well, I mean, it, it, if I'm, I mean, if I'm the AD, I got to walk down the hall and have a hard conversation. Like, hey, man, you getting 10, 11, 12 win money? You're not getting eight win money. I got to answer to a chancellor. I got to answer to a board of directors. I got to answer to a lot of people who are literally bringing wheelbarrows of money to this place. For you to win 10, 11, 12, really 12 games. Is that how that conversation goes? Yeah. That's oh, the, I'm the having that conversation. If I'm the AD. The, the, uh, the coaches, they'd be like, all right, then I'm out. Right, okay. Okay. <laughs> no money. Fine. Okay. Then I'll see who I can get better. No money. You leave. You don't get a bit. Hey, you walk out. Sorry. No money. Oh, man. No moss. No dinero. Oh, Bye. Man, these dudes, he'd be like, I can go anywhere. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right, you, you wait to have this conversation, uh, like like uh, like in the summertime where all the coaching jobs are accepted, and then you go in and have that conversation. Well, I, <laughs> I I don't know why some managers don't understand this. Where you get up and you go talk to your people, why you know some people who are very it, it, you know important members of, of management teams of places don't go and talk to their employees. I would go and talk to my coaches. I would find a way to talk to them every week. I, mean, I would have, set a to, time to talk to him. Now, I know they got because how many sports at Texas A&M. It may take a little more to cycle through it than every week. It's not like Arkansas State where they got 15 sports. With well, the big revenue sports, you got to get You got to go talk to him every week. So if it's like, okay, coach, football coach wins, hey, man, 5 o'clock on Monday morning. Okay, I'll see you at 5 o'clock. I'll bring the coffee. We'll talk. We'll have – we'll talk. I'll bring a glazed donut. I'll bring you a glazed donut or jelly, whatever you want. Just, Just one. one. Right. We don't make that much money. All right, we got to take a break when we come back. Zach, Jeff, we will come straight to you when we come back on the phones. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, Phone lines ringing, all sorts of different stuff here. Mark Spain, Real Estate Hotline. Zach and Jeff and Willie. Let's try to get all three of these guys in. Zach, thank you for calling. How you doing? Doing good. How y'all doing? Good. We're doing great. All righty. So I'm a longtime listener, big fan of the show. Um, I just was wondering, just wanted to hear you guys' opinion on the AFC South race kind of heating up a little bit. I feel like if the Colts are able to win this Sunday, then or Saturday, excuse me, then I feel like it's going to come down to the wire. And uh, I just wanted to hear y'all's opinion on that. Thank you. Yeah, they play the uh, Patriots, correct? Yes, thank you, Zach, for the call and the nice words. Yep, they play the Patriots on Saturday night. New England at Indy. And I, hey, you know how much I, I fear New England. Even though the Titans beat them both times, Man, I just oh man, I would not want to play that team again. I'm hoping that they lose. I think it's going to be a good game. Actually, I, I think the Colts are going to beat them. Oh, I do too. Uh, yeah, I, I really do. And so the Titans better make sure they handle business because then that would then would leave them only one game ahead. Correct? Uh, if they lose, it would. Yeah, they lost. Th- their magic number is two, so they need one. They need if they win two more games, they win the South. If they win one and the Colts win one or lose one somewhere along the way, any combination of Titans wins and Colts losses, they're down to just two because they beat them both times. Right. So the Colts would have to win literally one more game than the Titans. Right. So they just they tie. Then they so the literally, win. let's say terrible things happen. The Titans lose to Pittsburgh and the 49ers, but they beat Miami and the Texans. That's all they've got to do. Some two, any two wins, mm-hmm. that's all it takes, or or combination of two or, or one. But the whole question is, if the Colts squeak in 
and oh, in I don't I, fashion, even though the Titans. You know, I wouldn't want anything to do with yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to play those guys. I would rather, I mean, if it was me, I would rather play the Patriots again than the Colts without even thinking about it. I'll give you Belichick. I'll give you everything. Titans have already beaten the Patriots in the playoffs. I don't know about that again. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's Belichick, but I don't want anything to do with what the Colts are doing right now. Yeah, Although I, the Titans have a chance to have a whole lot of dudes back. Right. And so we haven't seen what that'll look like. And have not. They'll be up to speed and, you know, how much they can carry the load for what they do on the field and be at their prime and at their best. So, yeah, but, yeah, the Colts, man, they're a dangerous team, man. It, it, it could be one of those teams that, you know, barely misses the playoffs. You go, man. I wouldn't want to play that team. Nope. And there's somebody like that every year. Uh, Let's get uh, Jeff in Rhode Island was kind enough to hold. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing good, guys. Hope all's well with you. And it kind of kind of stole my thunder a little bit. I was just going to ask you all what your opinion was on who you're rooting for on Saturday, Pats or Colts. I mean, which which team do we want to tie? I mean, maybe that would help both. I don't know. (laughs) Which team do you root for? Well, I guess we would be rooting for the Colts because we want to get the one seed from the Pats. So we're cheering for the Colts. Yeah. Right? You, is that right? Yeah. I, I think you, you have to. Is that right? It, as hard as that I mean, is. It's, it's I, a win-win if the Titans get the job done Sunday. You're yeah. either the one seed or you're the AFC South champ yeah. if you beat the Steelers. Gotcha. If the Colts lose. If the Colts lose, if the Pats win that game and the Titans win, you clinch the you're AFC, AFC South. South champs. Right. Yes, but then you're still essentially a game behind the Patriots because right. if you tie with them, they beat you head-to-head. Yeah, and if the Colts win, beat the Pats, and you beat the Steelers, you're the one seed and you're one win away from <laughs> clinching the AFC South. What a crappy Saturday night, though, to have to root for the Colts against the Patriots. Holy crap. Yeah, I'm watching it because I'm like, okay, which team uh, do I not want to play? <laughs> but uh, who who else does the the Pats play the rest of the season? Bills one more time next Ooh. week. Oh, the Bills owe them one. Okay. Oh yeah, that, I like that in in, in Gillette Stadium. No, no, in uh, in uh, yeah New England because it was in Buffalo. And yeah. the Titans and the Patriots are even. They're both nine and four. So, but that would say the Titans still had to win out though. Then they would have to, the Patriots have to lose one more, and Titans would have to win out. And then the Pats have the Dolphins again, I believe, and the <laughs> Dolphins are hot. Titans got to play the Dolphins too. Play the Pats tight too, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they give them trouble late yeah. season every year, even in the even with Brady. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they beat them at the end of they beat them a couple of years ago uh, on on the last crazy stupid play of the game when Gronk was out there playing. And Tannehill, the, everybody plays the Jaguars at the end of this year. The Colts have them. The Titans had them. So the Patriots are at Colts. Then they host the Bills. Then they host the Jags, and then they go to Miami. Yeah, that's. That's three tough games. Miami stole the one seed away from New England in 2019 when yes, the Titans went to New England. Because of that. Yeah. Tua's playing a lot better. Oh, no, Tua scares me because he runs around. He's mobile. Yeah, this is this. The Dolphins are starting to hit a little bit of stride. It's a dangerous team. Let's, uh, let's get Willie right quick because he was kind enough to hold Willie, to. Willie, Willie on the Mark Spain real estate hotline. What's up, Willie? What you got? Willie, welcome. Willie, Willie. there? Going once, Willie. Willie, take it off mute. I yeah, did. I'm here, guys. Uh, hey, okay, welcome to go. the party. What's uh, going on? Just tell your boss okay, you got to get do something real quick. Hey, uh, just uh, <laughs> hey, uh, go Titans and everything else will take care of itself. But um, mm-hmm. what I was t- uh, going to call about, you were talking about Jimbo Fisher and about going into his office and saying, "Win, no money." <laughs> yeah, Mickey said that, not me. <laughs> His $95 million 
Guaranteed. Is 100% guaranteed. Yeah. Yep. No matter what. Yeah. Yep. I told you. It doesn't, makes no difference. Yeah. Uh, LSU offered him $125 million for eight years. Mm. In November, and he turned it down because they would only guarantee sixty percent of it, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> what a world to live oh, in! Oh man, I appreciate that call. Yeah, thank you, Willie, right there for us. Wow. Yeah. So now let's run this back because you said yeah. you would go in there and bet that. So they own half of it. He so he would get next year. You got basically tr- got two more years, pretty much, to say it's worth it to go in and have that conversation. I still got to have the conversation with him because I got to answer to people. I got to answer to the people writing the checks if I'm the athletic director. All right, I, go go through now. This we know this is great. How would you present it? Would you present it any differently? Maybe you just would go about it a little differently. You you would bring three no, donuts. I, I, you would no, bring I, three donuts and coffee. I would bring <laughs> extra donut like the like the thing from Krispy Kreme where it's a box that holds three. I would bring those instead of just the one. I, in I always wonder about the dynamics of a big time coach because he's bringing the most revenue. He owns to the university, you. so right. he he's the highest. Is your guy. boss? He's to yeah. a certain extent, even though you're his boss. You're you're making like a million, and he's making ten million. I've still got to tell him, I, you you got to do better than eight wins, man. We brought you here. Kevin Sumlin won eight wins. I mean, we, we brought you here to do better than this. No, that's why I said it's about the presentation. It's all about the delivery. Well, I'm, I talk to him every week, though, so we're, we're, we talk. Uh-huh. I can speak candidly with him. I'm his AD. I would, I would kind of be out on the, on the practice field, and we stand there jibber-jabbing, and I try to give him a little elbow. Boom, boom, boom. Hey, what's going on? Hey, man, everything good, man. Hey, well, everything better than eight wins, huh? <laughs> everything's, everything's better than eight wins. I, man, we got we to gotta get, get that going, man. Everybody healthy? We good to go in spring? You got everything you need? <laughs> I mean, Yeah, I would be approaching them that way. I would tread lightly. That's what I said, man. Cause, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to be a horse's rear to him. No, I but, know. But we do have to talk. I mean, yeah. we got to talk. I, I got it. You've got to do better than this. <laughs> but you're going to say you got to do better than this. Yes. Oh, hey, man. I'm not doing it. I got to answer to I got to answer to everybody. You, I, I get well, what it. What is he going to tell you? Yeah, I am. I'm going to do better than they win, so that's what I'm saying. All I'm going to say, hey, man, we got we to make sure we, we're butt at it. We got to get nine. Nine, ten is the expectation. Tell me how you're going to do better. Tell me how. Yeah. Show me, show me your plan. Let's see it. Let's, let's make a plan together. Let, let me, I'll, let's make a plan together. Oh, okay, well, so what would you be expecting him to say to that? Well, show me your plan. What plan is going to be satisfactory? It doesn't matter. Just win. One that has 12 wins on it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs>